Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time to remember this crap about the L.A. San Diego L.A. Chargers with uh, crap expert Mike Donahue. Mike, how are you? I forgot they were originally in L.A. Good call. Great. Andy, thanks. That's going to be my first question for you is, have the Bears ever played the Los Angeles Chargers before? Never, because they went to see. I, I gotta say, they went to San Diego uh, briefly. I don't mean to jump the rails right, right away, but I swear to God, we had talked last year. We talked about the Rams, and we talked about the whole fraudulent idea of uh, what were their linemen called? The fearsome foursome. They had like, but that there was actually a history. There was actually a history of the fearsome foursome that started with the New York Giants supposedly in the fifties, yep. but it somehow wound its way. To, uh, the AFL and and I guess it was the Chargers, but I don't know if it was Los Angeles or San Diego. I was trying to angle for some sort of uh, you know PR angle because they were in Southern California. But yeah, I, how long were they in Los Angeles? Two years? One? Three years? Just one? Just their first year, and they moved to San Diego. Okay, 1960, and the teams did not play until 1970. So they were a charter AFL franchise because not all AFC those teams were. Like the Patriots, so um, 1970, the Bears uh, in charge for the first time, which would have been the very first year of the uh, that all those teams comprised the NFL. Was Johnny Unitas a Charger by then? Oh, that always seemed weird, right? Black and white films with Johnny Unitas in like a 58 championship game, and then all of a sudden, they're like, how long did that guy play? Yeah. I like Chargers. He had like real. He had, he had like Harry could comb. Wow. Harry could set a watch to, though, according to Grandpa Simpson. Of course. Uh, do you know who the first owner of the L.A. San Diego Chargers was? It wasn't Dean Spanos? It was not. It would be Paris it would Hilton's be an, uh, grandpa? Oh, you're kidding. Conrad? Conrad? Conrad. Well, in Mad Men, uh, Don, you, if you, I'm sure you're up on your Mad Men. This sort of inserted a fictionalized uh, Conrad. Was it Conrad or no? His son. Who was it? It was his son, Baron. Baron. Conrad was the, the, was the founder. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Mad, he's yeah, the, he's the source. Chelsea Ross. Progenitor. Got to play Baron. Chelsea Ross, right. Good call. Uh, so wait a minute. This might be. Is this. Is this. Connie's money. No. Okay. No. Connie would have been. her grandpa. That'd be Paris. Baron Paris, was right. grandpa. Yeah, Conrad yeah, would have yeah. been Okay. Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case Connie's money. So oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. Much like the Ricketts' money is Tom's, the Cubs' money is Tom. You know, he was a, a Nepo baby, but or trust fund baby or whatever. I, yeah, I guess I didn't know that. So Young Hilton takes the uh, the old man's, uh, takes his lumps, his, his portion of the uh, hotel fortune, his share. And gets in the AFL game. Interesting. Yeah. So, Sid Gilman was their f- first head coach. Okay. Yeah. Coached former from, NFL great, I believe. Coached him from 1960 to 1969, and then came back and coached them uh, for part of 1971. Okay. So wait, he was an interim coach too. Well, I don't know why he did this. It's weird. Because uh, both Sid Gilman and the great Harland Svare are listed as the coaches in 1971. 
But it's hard to tell why Sid. Who was the coach in 70? Harold? Whatever his name was? Charlie Waller from coached him in 69 and 70. Okay. And then Harlan Savari like... coached him for two years. And then Charlie's brother, Ron, coached them in 1973. Oh. It's actually I feel not like true. Sid Gilman... I looked it up. They're not brothers, but it's weird that they oh. had they had coaches, one coach apart, just two years apart, with the same last name. Wow. I feel like Sid Gilman was the was the first coach in the in New Orleans history, but I don't think that tracks unless the Saints first year is in '69. Well, maybe that's where he went. Let's see. It's not. So I I don't know. He did take some time off and come back, and then he also went on to Houston. But uh, I feel like we know where he went after Houston. No, he was Sid. 1977. He was the offensive coordinator of. Your Chicago Bears. Is that right? Yes. I don't know that I knew that. He was a, he was a Jack Pardee's offensive coordinator for the first Bears team to make the playoffs in 14 years. Yeah. Maybe I didn't know that. Drawn up plays for Walter Payton. Yeah. He only did it for okay. the one year. And then he said, fuck that, I'm retired. And then a year later, he came back and he was quarterback coach for the Eagles for two years. Maybe um, Ron Jaworski. Maybe have actually pulled the sidelines there. And uh, I guess it would be Super Bowl fourteen. Super Bowl 15. Um, Saints' first coach, by the way, was not Sid Gill. Tom Fears, same era. I just remember some old NFL films reference rattling around in my head. No, sorry, Sid Gilman. So long run with the Chargers. I'm just. Did they win any AFL championships in the 60s? Uh, and, uh, my my football reference always freezes, but uh, no. Sid only coached them in four playoff games. They only won one. Okay. Five. And they won one. Um, on the Wikipedia page for uh, Sid Gilman, though, they have somebody took the time. They literally made his coaching tree. It's like an org chart. And there are some there are some bear coaches on the uh, on the um, coaching tree. I confess I did not know the Sid Gilman tree was a thing. Well, here are, the, here are the guys who coached under him directly, and then you can see why there'd be a coaching tree. So George yeah. Allen, there's a, there's not a under Gilman, after Hallis, I would think, but okay. Al Davis, wow. Chuck Knox, Don Coriel, Dick Vermeil, and Chuck Knoll. All a coached, veritable who's all who with Sid. So then you go one row lower, like the Al Davis, you get oh. John Madden, oh, yeah. Tom, Tom Flores, Flores, Art Shell, and Bill Walsh. Oh, then Coriel, you get Joe Gibbs. No, you get Dungy. Uh, yeah. So then if you, go, think, down the, you know, go down the thing, like under the uh, under the Bill Walsh tree, you get such great bear coaches as, um, well, just one, John Fox. In a half-ass way, because he coached he coached with Jim Fossil, who coached for Bill. Under oh, um, under Dungy, though, so under from from Noel to Dungy, you get Lovey. Okay. Uh, here's a. So you go. So, so you're saying so you go Gilman two, two degrees away. Let's yeah, see. if you go Gilman to Al Davis to Bill Walsh to Mike Holmgren. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get uh, you know get you get all the greats. You get uh, Mar- Marty Morinweg. Yep. You get Ray Rhodes. Ray, Ro- Ray Rhodes. Yeah. You get John Gruden. But then if you go, you get Andy Reid, and then if you go off of Andy Reid, uh, then you get yeah, Matt Nagy. Uh, yes, you get Matt Nagy. 
You get Chico Rivera. What? How does Andy Reid take credit for that? He's he was, uh, Buddy wasn't, Ryan. Wasn't, didn't Chico go oh, there for, after I the Bears? He was, a, he was a defensive coordinator man. for them after the Bears. I thought before he was the Bears. He coached for them either right before or right after he, he came he, to the Bears. He should be on the Wani tree, I believe. Well, the Wani tree is a, is a stick. Like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. All right. Well, we've gone out of order here. We're, well, th- we're throwing people off. No, that's all right. I, you know, Sid Gilman, very much a part of that that Chargers DNA. He's a goddamn coach for like 12 out of the first 13 years. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they have a direct. Obviously, you go Gilman and Don Coriel. Fuck, yeah. And, and then, then, then you find yourself with Ernie Zampezi. Yeah. I just fucked that name out of the air. I feel like he was a Don Coriel acolyte, Ernie Zampezi. Maybe he was not. never a head coach, so I couldn't look him up. No. I guess not. I guess that's what constitutes a coaching tree. I just remember some of the hot coordinators. So um, all time, they've the teams have played thirteen times. Who do you think leads the series? Oh boy! Uh, um, in my in our lifetime, I'm just gonna try to quit. I always think of that upset on NBC when a crappy just... Bears team beat Dan Fouts. But I would say I don't know. It's it's got to be San Diego. Nope, it's the Bears. Seven to six. It is. Yep. Uh, let's see. In fact, they have won. So I'm a. There's no way they won the game in 1970. The Bears were horrible, but maybe the Chargers were too. Right? The Bears lost. Twenty to okay. seven. I mean, that's okay. beautiful. Wait a minute. Were they at beautiful Soldiers Field? Or at least, uh, yeah. Uh, that could have been Dyke Stadium. That could have been your Mike Norris dad with the. Uh, yeah. With the hat. Haphazard Bears uh, uh, mascots going, but crying out loud. Crying. Let's see, guys. That guy's the greatest. Let's see here. Where did they play? I, I don't think they played a lot all their games at Dyke in 1970 anyway. I, I don't think they moved oh, into Soldier in 71. Okay. But Charlie they played some Waller games at Dyke. Out dueled Jim Dooley. Okay. Uh, now, you know, the Chargers have to be one of the very few AF- AFL teams who have ever played in Wrigley Field because the merger basically coincided with the bit, with one year overlap. That's the only year they, that they would have been there. So, interesting for me. Now, do you know who the quarterback for uh, the Chargers was in that game? Was it Unitas? It was not. It was John Hadle. John Hadle? Yes. From Notre Dame? That was the second guest. Isn't there some weird? I can't remember. And I looked quickly at his page. I can't find it. He has some association to somebody. To psych. Oh God, shouldn't brought it up. There's a John Hadle connection that I thought I remembered. I didn't. How about this? Oh, you, you know what? You know what number he wore? Five. He was good old twenty-one. You got to like quarterback Ooh. wearing number twenty-one. And it could have been five, because as we know, that's uh, retired for one and only one person, George McAfee. That's right. And <laughs> what number was Rolf Benershka, though? Huh? Uh, six. I mean, I know McAfee, they retired it across the league. Right. You can't. No, there are no fives anymore because of Bear Great, George McAfee. All I, know is I think Rolf, Rolf Benershka was three. I picture three. I picture I the colostomy bag good. sticking out of, and I, I don't want to get to, I don't want to. I don't want to get to Rolf until we get to Rolf. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Uh, who do you think was playing sure quarterback we... for the Bears? Oh, this is quite a matchup. John Hadle and is Bobby Douglas. Oh, Bobby Douglas. Jack Concannon. Good old number eleven. Yep. 
Yep. It was uh, bleak times for the Bears. Uh, no, I don't think that many. They they went through. It was kind of like today's era, except a much more abbreviated. Sixty-seven to seventy-one. Yeah, he was the starter in sixty-seven, and in seventy, and he played. Very... He had some great records. He was he he appeared in. Yeah. He started five games in nineteen sixty-nine. Lost them all. Mm. It seems very like Shane Matthews, Bob Avellini asked to like be the the start the most games in like like one season and then another season like three years later. For teams that sucked. Uh, Hadel, how does this work? Oh, I see. I was looking at Hadel was ten for fourteen, one hundred sixty six yards and two touchdowns. And then I looked down and Bambi caught six for ninety six. And then Gary Garrison, the great Gary Garrison, sounds like a serial killer, eight for 165 and two touchdowns. I'm like, what the hell? This math isn't going to work. Then uh, I realized that Marty Domrace, whoever that is, six of 11 for 110 yards. They played two quarterbacks that day. Good old number 14 from Columbia. And I don't know if it's the Ivy League or the uh, the graphic design school in Chicago. Or, Or just Columbia, South America. That's true. Yeah, just they threw him out of they threw him out of an airplane. Just get across the border and just throw it. The mule, the guys will pick him up. Don't worry about it. Hey, you know they're still coming out of the AFL. They were uh, it'd be too choosy. So did they did, did they play again in seventy three? Because that would be the logical next no, time. They played again the in seventy four. Oh, and interesting. It a, and it was a barn burner. Was it at Soldier's Field or no, uh, Jack Murphy Stadium? Be, uh, yeah. The only stadium named after a sports writer. Good point. We heard that. Um, Didn't we hear that every time there was a game there? I Yeah, not enough for it to really leave an impression on my brain, to be honest with you. but And it was not named after right. him yet. It was San Diego Stadium. Jack's probably still oh. working. I don't name it after him while he's working. What is this? It's not Harold yeah, Baines. Sports writer. <laughs> Tommy Prothrow was coaching the Chargers against Abe Gibbon, the handsome Abe Gibbon. Sure. And the uh, Belt. Chargers outdueled the Bears. Oh, it's a comeback. 14 points in the fourth quarter to win 28 21. Mm. Too bad. Uh, I mean, that might have helped the Bears secure Walter Payton, by the way, uh, because I believe they had the third pick in the next year's draft. Yeah, that worked. Uh, Bobby Douglas, 14 of 25, 136 yards. Two picks. And he ran eight yeah. times for 42 yards. Yeah, uh, Boy, pretty much is, a nadir. This the Bears is a, franchise. The Bears skill position, guys, it's a who's who. Uh, or it's more like a who. Bo Rather. Uh, number 84, I believe. Ken Granberry. Ran 11 times for 46 yeah, yards. Yeah, I remember the name. Perry Williams, 12 for 41. Gary not Cousins, not like nope. not like Kirk Cousins, K-O-S-I-N-S. Cliff Taylor, and then the nope. wide receivers, Charlie Wade and Wayne nope. Wheeler. Not Wayne. Nope. Oh, not, not Wayne the, Weaver. Uh, the, the, the place Wayne, kicker term future Wayne CBS Wheeler. cover guy. The Chargers were led by the great Jesse Freitas. Nine of nineteen, like fifty-six yards, and two touchdowns. But they didn't have much offense. Yeah, um, yeah I feel like the Chargers were probably bad around this time. But what do I know? 
they were both uh, the Bears came in four and eight. The Chargers were three and nine, and so they both left yeah. four and nine. Exciting. Then they matched up again, 1978. Still no recollection. I'm, I'm not reaching Bears sentience yet. Let's see where this was. See if it was Jack Murphy yet. It was in, they played in San Diego. What was the name of the stadium? It was still Jack Murphy because it was Jack Murphy when the Cubs played there. Oh, I'm, you're saying it might not have yet been Jack Yeah, Murphy. I wonder if it had been so, named that yet. Yeah. It is. Oh, wait. It helps if I hit the right button. Dun, dun, dun. San Diego, Diego Stadium. Stadium. Interesting. This is a matchup. Uh, the coaching edge may have slightly well, bent with the Chargers. Don Coriel against Neil Armstrong. Oh, Coriel. Neil still acclimatizing to Earth's gravity. Correct. It's only, it's only been what? It's been should nine have years. Left him, should have left him on the moon. It was 23 to nothing at halftime, and the Chargers yeah. went on to win 40 to 7. John Jefferson in this game or no? Was he not yet on the scene? Oh, he was there. He was, he was a rookie he, in that. He didn't play very well, though. Okay. Uh, he only caught seven passes for 155 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is kind of like the beginning of San Diego's first meaningful era. Now, this is the because we know what's coming next because we lived through it. Uh, although they never reached the summit, but uh, the teams that we saw were always really good. And like we've kind of picked through almost two decades of you know some random AFL playoff appearances and not much else. But when you mentioned Don Coriel is already in place now by '78, and then John Jefferson and. Was Fouts yes. quarterback in Dan Fouts. Okay. 16 of 24, yeah, 269 go. yards. James Harris was the backup. He got in. Oh, good. That's a good backup to Three have. Three of five for 63 had, yards and a touchdown. He had taken – was he that the, the Rams quarterback that had kept uh, – the Rams are always the bridesmaid in the NFC, I think. Yes. They were moving on to Pat Hayden and Vince Ferragamo. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's a good – 1975, James Harris started 13 games for the Rams. He was 11 and 2. Yeah. No, that's an underrated. That's a Rams team I didn't even know about till more recently. That they, it was always the Vikings and Cowboys in the seventies, and which whatever team would knock out the Rams in the championship game, it seemed like it wasn't each other. But the real story of this forty to seven game was the uh, incredible yeah. quarterbacking. Uh, not one, not two, but three. Oh, Chicago. Do we have Bears. a Fipsalini. Yes, we have we a Fipsalini. There are only like five in history, so I feel like we should spin a wheel or something. Yeah, Bob, Bob uh, Avellini, two for 12 for 25 yards and an interception. Mike Phipps, two for three for nine yards. And Vince Evans, <laughs> one of two for 38 yards. Should have played Vince, obviously. I cannot even tell you, Andy, how excited I am because I actually did sit down. It didn't take as long as you'd think, but I did try to see. Because in my memory, it seemed like there were hundreds of games where all three of those clowns played. There were only like six or seven. It just felt like the whole era. Uh, Vince Fipsalini. And so I'm very pleased that we just unearthed a, uh, a, a Vince I like to call it a Vince Fipsalini, where all three of those guys got in the same game. You know, Phipps had been acquired in that season, I believe. So he, was rel he probably would have been relatively new because – you know, he ended up being the guy that would uh, be their quarterback in the playoff game the next year. Bob Avellini, of course, having been the guy that led them to the playoffs the year before this game, a, 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 a brief denouement or whatever, you, how you pronounce it, for the Bears where they made two playoffs appearances in three years but lost both of them. 
They would face off again at beautiful Soldier's Field in 1981. Bring in Don Cricky. And Neil Armstrong would get his revenge. Yes, he would. Bears won in overtime. Yeah, we've covered this game multiple times. This is really, you know, the the hero here is not Neil Armstrong. It's who? John Rivetto? You got it right. I mean, how else can we defeat the... The, the Leviathan that is the Dan Fouts and now John Jefferson would have been no still there I think I can't remember but they had Kellen Winslow who was like a wide receiver tight end and then they had um well they replaced Jefferson with West Chandler they had Charlie Joyner like they had like a they were and then they had Chuck Muncie in the yeah, back Chuck Muncy how the hell the Bears win that game right and his goggles his specs is this I mean, this is a Bears team that would like bottom out. Uh, one of the historical nadirs that finished last. Armstrong would get fired. It would actually kick off the Ditka era, the the one brief glory uh, age that we had. It's just hysterical that. Meanwhile, here are the Chargers, who that season I believe went all the way to the conference title game before losing to the Bengals. Uh, would actually fucking lose to the yeah. sad sack team. So I was, do remember watching it, though. Very unlikely. This was October 25th. The weather was it was fine. It was 39 degrees. Hey. Wind was 9 miles yeah. an hour. But listen to Dan Fouts' line. Now, he threw for 295 yards with two touchdowns. He was 13 of 43. He threw 30 incompletions. He threw two. Well, two of those were interceptions. But Jesus. Wow. Um, by the way, you said that game was October 25th. Yeah. So we are actually celebrating oh, yes, uh, the 32nd anniversary. That's for the whole reason for this podcast. Very, very unlikely upset. So this is Buddy, I guess, right? Yeah. I, you sicking, know, it's sicking funny. the boys on poor little Dan yeah, Fouts. I think, I think as bad as the Bears were, more bad than good between even like 77 and 84. They had the two playoff appearances, but they always, I think they really did usually have a pretty good defense. You know, in 1981, Singletary's a rookie. Hampton's in his third year. Um, I think Todd Bell was was on the team, but he was the coach. They still had guys like Jim Osborne and Mike Hartenstein, um, you know, Gary Campbell. Uh, It was, you know, Fensick. That was so. Yeah, as bad as they as forlorn as they would be sometimes if they were healthy and you know they were feeling it, they could they could make hell even on good teams, even if the you know their offense sucked. So for sure, yeah, they did have entertaining players on defense and Walter on offense. It was kind of a weird time. The interceptions were by Gary Fensick and Ruben Ruben Henderson. Henderson. Yep. I was just going to throw that out there because I remember like being really high on Ruben Henderson as our cornerback, but he didn't. Uh, he ended up kind of like Les Frazier ended up being the real deal. But I, uh, I was a big Ruben Henderson fan for a while. Well, Ruben played two years for the Bears and then two years for the Chargers. So there you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, so John Rovetto, uh, perfect day for John. He made both of his both of his extra points and both of his field goals mm. and, um, the 26 yarder in overtime now the kicker for the Chargers that day was Rolf Benershka Rolf yeah yeah always oh, a good old number six not number three I said six yeah I said three 
Play the, play the tape more. back. Maybe that's what number he wore on Wheel of Fortune. Um, so yeah, Rel- Rolf Joachim Banershka. Wow. Went to uh, went to UC Davis. He went to La Jolla High School. He's a California boy. California kid, huh? And, Interesting uh, name. He attempted, in 1981, he attempted a league-high 61 extra points. Seems like the Chargers were scoring wow. a fair amount of points. Yeah. He they was were, a, uh, he was a pro bowler once. He made AP second team um, all-pro in, in 1980. Um, he kicked the... He kicked the winning field goal right in the the immortal Miami Miami overtime which this season. Kellen yes. carry Kellen Winslow off the field. Correct. Uvi uh, von Shaman could not put it away from the Dolphins. They had the hook and ladder. Miami did at the end of the first half. One of the just one of the greatest, most entertaining. But at the time, it was considered one of the greatest entertaining playoff games, and it still ranks up there for sure. And yeah, Kellen Winslow, I think, blocked one of Uwe Von Shaman's uh, field with him. So not only was he uh, just like dying on the field, catching balls and whatnot in the Miami Heat, uh, but he was blocking kicks because he was a super freak athlete. Incredible game. And uh, yeah, Bernerska walked it off finally with the with the win. Now, Ralph was a, uh, uh, Ralph was a handsome man. And, uh, but unfortunately for Rolf, in 1979, he came down with ulcerative colitis. And he had to be hospitalized. He had to have two surgeries to remove his large intestine when he was yeah. released from the hospital. Now, he's a kicker, right? He's not supposed to be very big. He's six foot tall, though. He weighed 123 pounds. Wow. Yeah, that's not good enough. Um, he had an ileostomy. Basically means you what's an, shit in the back. What's an ilia? Okay. Yeah, Lee ilia Not a swear people. And then uh, you shit in a bag. And he played. Right. He played with uh, a colostomy bag. Which, I, you know, you got to think if he had, like, sort of pulled a garo upremium. <laughs> well, why didn't, why didn't, why remarkable. wasn't that a play, right? You want to fake a field goal. You snap it right to Rolf. Rolf whips out the colostomy bag, points at it. Anybody's going to try to tackle him. Nobody's going to tackle Rolf. He just runs from the sidelines. You want to get my shit on you? Look how full the bag is. Or just leave it flapping at your side. Like, who's going to want to tackle you and just, like, burst that bag? But he had a a good career. Uh, Yeah. And then after football. football... Um, Chicago native, Pet Sage Jack, Chicago yeah. native. He's a Southwest Sider, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he was hosting the uh, the wildly successful uh, game show Wheel of Fortune. After uh, taking it from Chuck Woolery. And he left Wheel of Fortune for six months in 1989. Do you know why he left Wheel of Fortune for six months in 1989? I do not. Oh, yeah, his own uh, talk show. Yes, to host the Pat Sajak show at 1030 oh, no. on Wow, CBS. that was in 1989. We were in high school still. Jesus. So who do you get okay. to replace Pat Sajak for six months? You know, it's going to be years, right? Like, he's, you know, Pat's going to be, this going to be, he's going to be, sure. he's going to he's gonna take, Jay's going to knock Johnny off. Screw that. It's going to be Pat Sajak all the time. I was going to say, yeah, you bring in Conan O'Brien, and then 
get rid of him when Pat comes back. Do you go back to the original host of Wheel of Fortune? Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery? Be back at two and two? No, he's he's got a love connection contract. He can't come back. Correct. So who do you hire? Well, yeah. you hire Rolf Banerska. That's who you hire. And Rolf Banerska hosted Wheel of Fortune, Fortune for six months and then got a bad news one day. <laughs> Pat's show got yeah. canceled. Oh, tough, right. tough. That's bad news for Pat. No, Rolf. That's bad news for you. And that was the end of his. Uh... Sorry, Rolf. I'm sure he's fine. Made a lot of money playing football. But uh, let's see. He was NFL Man of the Year in 1983. Um, okay. Got traded to the Cowboys in 1987, but he lost his job to Ricky Vince Abbott. I'll remember him. That was uh, in 1997. He was the 20th player inducted into the Chargers utility tunnel. The Chargers all thing, right? Okay. Which is probably not even there anymore. They probably got looted when they moved. Right. The, the utility hallway of Jack Murphy Stadium. So after the night, after the uh, exciting win in overtime in 1981. Yep. I remember this next game. The, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the, next, I'm gonna, the next matchup came with the um, the up and coming. I'm gonna coming. take control. I'm gonna take control of this, right. Andy, because yeah. I remember this game so well. It was Monday Night Football, first of all. I believe it was the first season without Howard Cosell because Don Meredith was still in the booth, or Don Meredith was in the booth. Don't know who else, but late season. December I want to provide some context to this game. What's that? December third. Yeah, late season. Bears had already won the division. With Steve Fuller at quarterback, right? Because, like, you know, Bears has played the Raiders. There's a lot of some reminiscing about the most violent game ever played earlier that season. Bears-Raiders were the team with the winning quarterback. Uh, the, the winning team had their quarterback suffer a lacerated kidney. Um, and McMahon didn't play again, and Fuller was the backup. Luckily, the Bears had a qualified backup, and Fuller led them to the division. And they and they clinched the division in Minnesota, like, with five games to go or four games to go. And uh, and Dan Hampton and Steve McMichael uh, dunked Mike Ditko in the Gatorade bucket, which I like to point out, never been done before, before the Giants hijacked it the following se- two seasons later. Anyway, Bears are going to the playoffs. First time in five years, but it's like this is not a fluky Bob Avellini, Mike Phipps. Like, this is finally thing. You can sense it. It's a good team. They clinched the fucking division with four weeks to go, right? And now we just got to get to the playoffs. And so they started to stumble. And um, I don't know. It, they go into Monday night. I think right after. They might have been right after they clinched the division. And Fuller gets hurt in the first quarter. This game's on Monday night. And the Chargers are still good. They weren't as good. They, they were on the downslope of their peak by now. But it was still the Chargers. So, it was a, you know, again, context. You're a Bears I'm a 12-year-old Bears fan. Bears are rarely on Monday night. Because back then, you really had to deserve primetime treatment and uh so it was a treat and the bears are based on their strong finish the previous year and did this second season merited a late season monday night game and then it turned out to be a good matchup because the bears were legitimately good except for the fact that once steve fuller was out we had to see rusty lish come into the game uh rusty was the backup all season he was not even a standout at notre dame and this is, of course, a week before the Packers game because Steve was not able to come back until the playoffs. But anyway, in this game, Rusty gamely kept the Bears in it. And I don't know the stats. I don't know the line. I just remember, you know, because you're a 12-year-old kid, you're living and dying with every play. 
even though the Bears won the division. And and you're just like trying to stay and the Bears defense is keeping him in the game. And it's thirteen to seven late. And Lish is somehow piecing together a drive. I don't know how far it got. Maybe it only got to midfield in my head. It's at the twenty yard line. And he just got completely railed when he dropped back. Ball pops up in the air and some fat lineman catches it and runs it back. So the final score ends up being twenty seven. But like as the fat guys run into the end zone, you can hear Don Meredith was doing his patented the turn out the lights, the party's over, stick. And that was that. Now that's if anything, that's just a prologue to the next week when Lish actually had to start the game against the Packers, a game that I was personally in attendance at. And Lish was so horrible that at the end of the half, we've talked about this before, but uh, Mike Ditka literally went to Walter Payton under center for a series uh, before putting Lish back in and then signing the 88-year-old Greg Land. Actually, he wasn't 88 years old, just white-haired. Yes, completely white-haired. He looked And then Fuller came back in the playoffs. And all that. So that's that's my personal off-the-cuff recollection of the Bears-Chargers uh, 84 game, national television. Uh, do you remember the huge game that Dan Fouts had for the Chargers? No. You know why you don't remember that? Because Did he play? didn't play. Ed Luther was the quarterback. Oh. Dan was hurt. Luther. Ed Luther played Luther. quarterback. So it, the Rusty Lish gamely keeping the Bears in the game. Oh, right. Ed Luther was <laughs> gamely winning the game. On the other side. What a horrible game as it turned yes. out. And I would have flexed that out if they had the chance. Not that I knew any better. Well, nobody knew Fuller was going to get hurt. Yeah, Ed yeah, was 12 got 29 out for 269 yards and a touchdown. Who was Luther or Ed, Lish? Ed Luther. Lish. Uh, Rusty was eighteen of thirty-three for one hundred fifty-nine yards. Did you check? Was that Luther a Purdue quarterback? No, is that Mark Herman? Never mind. Never mind. I'm thinking of Mark Herman. Ed Luther. No Edward Augustine Luther uh, from Gardena, California. Um, Another San, California. Kid. Went to San Jose State. Okay. And, uh, anyway. All right. Yeah, I do not remember that. that the only game sense, he won though, that year. By the for the Chargers. Of course, if the Bears, if the '84 Bears defense, or with the '84 Bears, it had Fouts played, it, he would probably not have had a typical Dan Fouts game. Of so course, but the Bears were basically destroyed by one man. Well, Ed, of course, but a guy who will come up, I believe, in the next game for doing something okay. completely ridiculous. Junior say I was too young. Uh, Bobby Duckworth. Oh, three well, passes. You'll find out. Three passes for 179 yards. Three, wow. eighty-eight yard touchdown. Uh, the guy, the fat guy who uh, caught the the tipped interception or whatever from Rusty yeah. was Lee Williams, it was sixty-six yards, and got it. Capper. Got Wolf it. came out and kicked yeah. the extra point. Bobby or uh, whatever his name, Kevin Duck or Bobby Duckworth's name would be. Uh, he'd be white. He'd be erased by Kevin Duckworth as the the, the fat. 300-pound uh, center from Eastern this... Illinois that played against the Bulls in 92. Oh, maybe it already happened. Because there's no what? way there's too big a gap. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, oh, it happened in this game. I know what happened in this game. And that's how he could have these ridiculous... Because this game was at... Uh, is it at the Murph? It was in San Diego. Was it called the Murph yet? It was. It had to be because it was the same... The Cubs had, oh, yeah, had, right. uh, had, had their, their dreams oh, crushed yeah. about 60 days earlier or 50 days earlier. Okay, so a famous moment happened in this. One of the things that kept the Bears in the game. I mean, I'm surprised you don't remember this. Bobby caught a long pass from the great Ed Luther, and Bobby dropped the ball at the one-yard line. Do you remember that? 
I don't remember. I kind of don't. I don't maybe. I know. I don't. I don't. Like he did the cool, hey, look, I'm about to score. And no he dropped shit. It, and he dropped it at the one. Got a video of that. And one of the Bears, uh, oh, I'm, I'm sure I can find Like it. Richardson. Probably the guy who got, who got burned. So happened in that play. game. That's how you can, av- that's how you can average it. You catch three passes for 179 yards, and only yeah. one of them is a touchdown. That's how you can do it. Yeah, and it felt that game did feel like the Bears were like just barely it, like hanging in the whole time. Like plays like that that give you new life, but you're like, you know, you probably shouldn't really. Even though the Bears were good, they're on the road. It was Monday night. It was weird, and they're on our third string quarterback. And yeah, it was. How much is a duck worth? Monday night really has much fun for us historically. Here we go. On the. Um... 15 biggest bloopers in NFL history on uh, NFL.com. Number 11, Duckworth's Phantom Fumble, December 3rd, 1984, Chargers-Bears. Some plays are so strange they can't be explained. How did Chargers wide receiver Bobby Duckworth lose the ball in what seemed like a certain touchdown? So he was running into the end zone, and he he got to the five-yard line, and he gave, like, Uh the – he kind of put his arms up like it's too easy, and he dropped the ball. Uh Uh-huh. They do, I have, they do not have a uh, video of it here, but I will find it. There, now there's a video of this whole game, I think. Oh, of course. But then you'd have to, like, which is fine, I'm sure, like, in a post-production. Oh, Kellen Winslow, by the way, on crutches in this game. This game is on YouTube. Like, there's so many NFL I'm sorry, this is only the second half. Oh. So maybe, I don't know it? if Duckworth's thing is going to be on it, but it opens up with uh, with Winslow so, on crutches. So Kellen Winslow the played the whole game on crutches? That just seems that seems like he's taunting yeah. the Bears. I'm telling you, he was like, me on dehydrated crutches. in that Dolphins playoff game three years earlier. So, yeah, there's maybe the, probably part one is somewhere else. But, um, yeah, I kind of remember. I had half this. It's somewhere in my brain it's there. but I know it's on, like, um, didn't jump out as much as Rusty oh, Lewis in the fat line. Bill number eleven. Luther. Yeah, it was me. Um. Yeah, I know. Um. I, I know. I saw it on like football follies or something. Yeah, I'll try, I'll try to find Bobby. For the yeah, for and the then uh, I feel I feel like the the Chargers then started to enter their own dark because this was like. Bouts past his prime, windows on crutches, and then that's probably why they didn't play in '87. Yeah, they did not play the again. They didn't play again until 1993. Ooh, Wanstead's first year. That was a Sunday night game, I think, and the Bears won, right, in San Diego. It was a week after they had lost that game, you know, uh, to the Raiders when Butler missed like a 38-yard field goal at home in overtime. But yeah, then they bounced Sunday back night. and beat the Chargers. Sunday night at Jack Murphy. Mm. And it's Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, would be. Maybe some Lewis Tillman action. Against the great John Freeze. Wow. Now that's a, that's worth was a Sunday a, night. Was, was he an old Seahawks quarterback too or no? What am I, how do I, how, yeah, how I think he did play for the Seahawks. Wow. He did. He played for the Chargers, the then Redskins, Seahawks, and the Patriots. Although incredible, kind of generous to say he played for the Patriots. He played in two games, threw eleven passes in two years. Oh, Chargers uh, had rather large running backs. Do you remember Natron Means? I do because the Marion next year. 
Marion Bucks too. The subsequent year to this game that we're just talking about would be uh, would represent the Chargers' only appearance in the Super Bowl. And Natrone, I thought Natrone was a rookie in '94, so he played in the '93 game, huh? He did. And you remember, yeah, uh, Natron. 18 uh, carries for 69 yards. Yeah, he was uh, he was their guy. And they went to the Super Bowl. They're going to Stan Humphreys. Was Stan Humphreys their quarterback in this game? No, you already said it. it was John Freeze. John Freeze. Wow, so they're, they're just one Stan Humphreys away from the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Well, they had their Super Bowl coach, Bobby Ross. Correct. And I would have been in attendance the next time they played when it would, would have been one of Bobby Ross's last games. Be the '96 game because I know I was at that one. Yeah, I was just looking here quick before we flip to this. See if anything exciting. Uh, in the '93 game. The Bears? Yeah, we brought him up. He had a huge game against the Chiefs. Yep. Uh, he did not have a huge game against um, the Chargers. Eleven carries for thirty no, yards. But the Bears won. Damn it! And stayed alive. Would not get eliminated from the playoffs until uh, we were both in attendance. Uh, when Eric Kramer knocked him out as a member of the Detroit Lions, I think you, I think you brought that up. So you you brought in some beers from the outside that frozen, frozen side of my coat. Yeah, yeah. So then they played December fourteenth, nineteen ninety six. Yeah, it's the one I was at. Uh, the the seven and seven Chargers yeah. against the six yeah. and eight Bears. Battle of the mediocrities. So basically, one mediocre team, the Bears, that had already basically pissed away their hopes of the playoffs, dragged down another one. And I think with it, brought down Bobby Ross. I think he was pretty much gone after that season. Um, but was tiny-handed Dave Craig still under center yes. that late in the season? Tiny hands had a good right. game, 24-38, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. Right. He was a very competent quarterback in his one year at the Bears, seems to be my, my recollection. Do you remember where he went to college? Yeah, it doesn't even exist anymore. Try getting a transcript from there. Mil- Milton College in Milton, Wisconsin. Right, no longer there. No longer correct? a thing. Closed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. The ultra back, Raymond, twenty-one carries, sixty-four yards. Rashawn Salam, five mm. carries for seven yards. Yards. Caught all the passes. Oh, Bobby Ingram, five for sixty-one. Michael Timpson, five for fifty-one. Bust. Curtis Conway, two for thirteen and a touchdown. Bust. Touchdown by Ryan Wet Knight, Bobby Ingram, and Curtis Conway. Yeah, good for them. I was there. I don't remember. I just remember, you know, December game. We won, and the chart we got to we got to spoil it for the charge. It felt like Bobby was trying to hang on there. Only two years removed from the Super Bowl. It was tied at the half, and then Wani's incredible adjustments took over, hey, and the well, Bears you know Bears rattled off thirteen unanswered and won it 27-14, including two yeah. field goals by the great Jeff Jager. Yeah. Well, number one before Josh or before Justin Fields. Let's see. So that was '96. Now we're off to yep. 1999. 
I immediately can remember this game as being the second of back-to-back games in which Jim Miller may have thrown for 400 yards. Oh, is this right before he got tested positive for steroids? Correct. It absolutely was. And the Bears won in overtime. And the other thing I remember about this game was that Junior Seau, moment of silence, was playing around with playing on offense. Oh. Like out of the backfield. And he caught, like he had a ball, like, down towards the goal line. And do you remember Rico McDonald, Bears linebacker? Yeah. He put a fucking lick on Junior. And I, and I was looking this up early when we started here because I'm like, oh, I'd like to find video of this. Oh, no. Did he, it was like get, the most, did he give Junior some I think he killed him. Oh, I mean, it was such a violent fucking it, – and it would have been a penalized now. I'm sure I, – I can't I can't find the video, but remember, it was definitely helmet to helmet. And that junior stay out immediately popped back up to like get yeah, in the town. Like, yeah, I'm not phased by it. Um, like say kind of proved that he wasn't a guy like he didn't protect himself because he's not a natural ball carrier in yeah. the NFL. And so he got the ball and somehow like McDonald just fought, absolutely crushed him. I almost felt bad for Sal, and especially when he, you know, killed himself years later with CTE. So this anyway, was, uh, that's that was all a, I remember with that. So Mike Riley came up with that brilliant idea to make Junior like a defense. Was he like a tight end? I, tight end, or, it had to be a tight end. Yeah, he caught, it's like he caught a pass caught coming one over pass the middle. For, I, he, one pass for two yards in the game. Yeah, and he got dropped like a fucking lead weight, man. And it was like, but he bounced back up too, which kind of shows you maybe his frontal cortex had already been or whatever had already been numbed. But that's all I remember about that game. And Jim, and it was a wild overtime game. And it was like the brief moment in that otherwise like mediocre uh, inaugural season of Dick, Dick Duran's where we thought maybe the Bears might have a chance yeah. of making the playoffs. Unfortunately, in spite of Jim Miller's heroic performance the week before, and he definitely threw for 400 yards. Chris O'Neill could not make a field goal in overtime. They did win this game in overtime. And that's probably contributed to Miller throwing for nearly a thousand yards in two weeks. But Miller was twenty five uh, and thirty eight for three hundred fifty seven yards. Oh, well, three fifty seven. One touchdown. Yeah. Well, it just seemed like maybe for for me, for us, Andy, as Bears fans, in nineteen ninety nine, being a quarterback throw for seven hundred and fifty yards and back to back, it yeah. felt like a thousand yards. It's like, what is this? Well, we learned a bit of trivia uh, on Sunday. I heard it. About the Bears' opposing quarterback from last year. The only week. Bear quarterback to ever throw for 300 yards in three consecutive games. And it's Brian, Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. God, it says every week there's a new, like, embarrassing yeah. record. You're like, oh. Well, you know, if I, if I could interrupt real quick to talk about the podcast, you brought up a, a simple but pretty an interesting point early on that for everything around um, uh, Tyler, Tyler Bajan's performance on Sunday is that, yes – we know backup quarterbacks like nobody's business, right? Like we've had a whole like lifetime of backup quarterbacks, but why? There's not a rule that they always have to be bad. It's like no. it's just rare that he actually had a competent performance. Like it's like yeah, we got our hopes up with Peter Tom Willis, or we got our hopes up with like you know Moses Marino and they and Steve Stentrum, and they all suck. They just don't even fucking like they're terrible. And then so I know it's a low bar, but it does seem just almost unusual. Even though it shouldn't be that unexpected, the law of averages would seem to dictate that, you know, a backup quarterback comes in and just, you know, does all right. I mean, he, Tyson Bajan is clearly the best Bears backup since Steve Fuller. And Chase Daniel might like a word. Yeah, he doesn't and get Steve a, he Walsh, doesn't get a remember. 
Yeah, Steve, Remember, I mean, Steve, Steve Walsh. Walsh. Steve Walsh won a road Steve playoff Steve Walsh game. and Steve Fuller are the only quarterbacks that are left to win number, road playoff games. Hey, they're right. gonna, they're, at some point, they're just going to have to cut uh, Eddie Jackson because he can never stay healthy. And then Tyson can wear four, yeah. and then he can win a road playoff yeah. game. And then we can retire it, yes. Yeah, we can triple retire it. Yes, for those three quarterbacks. I mean, they all can't be Will Fuhrer, right? Yeah, so, there's going to be some duds yeah. in there. They can't all be Will. Jimmy Clausen. Chad Hutchinson. He was four. Uh, Hutchinson no, was not four. I just was naming off. Just uh, Fira was two. Right. I think. Oh, uh, he was two. He uh, was. Clausen was. You're right. Was he two? Eighteen, maybe. No, nah, I thought he was double digits. Did he get Maybe to where – had they not retired seven yet? Why do I feel like Jimmy Clausen? Now, seven was retired when the old man died in 83. That's uh, why Avalini got to wear it. Uh, and then, actually, they retired until they finally got rid of Avalini in 84. What number was Jimmy with the Bears? Eight. Jimmy Clausen, eight, not 18. Eight. Okay, so that's the old Cade McNown, Rick Strossman, Vince Evans. Chad Hutchinson, nine. Nine. Oh, it was half of what I thought. Yeah, he was half that's the Shane, that's the Shane Matthews, uh, Jim McMahon. Um, Cade played in this game though. He was zero for one. Ninety nine. Okay. Curtis okay. Curtis Penis. Uh, I mean Curtis Enos. Uh, Nineteen carries for forty one yards. Oh Jesus! Two point oh two. Marcus Robinson six for one sixty three and thirty. Marcus yards. is having himself Bobby a year Ingram, that year. Eight for one twenty one and fifty two. The long of fifty two. Yeah, Tim Miller spread it around. Yeah. Uh, oh, guess who played quarterback for the Chargers? Nineteen ninety-nine was a it, bear um, great, uh, a bear immortal. Uh, Proving Jim McMahon was point, not the only star quarterback that left wait, the Bears to go to at the this Chargers. point in time. Past oh, was it Harbaugh? No, it was yes. a past or future. It Jim was Harbaugh. Harbaugh. He was twenty-nine of forty-six for two hundred seventy-three yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. I can't believe he was still quarterbacking in that, as late as 1990. Obviously, I saw it. So he's the one who hung Junior out to dry. He was. Um, damn, I thought Harbaugh, after he almost ridiculously took the Colts to a Super Bowl in 95 when that Hail Mary almost fell in Aaron Bailey's lap, that he was pretty much done within a year. I never would have guessed that he no, he started the slog on till After he left Indy, uh, he spent a year in Baltimore. Where he started twelve games, then he, two years in San Diego, where he started twelve games in '99 and five games in 2000. And then he was done. He made it all the way to the millennium. Holy crap! Never did. Well, I mean, you know, seven, eight, and a fourteen-year career. Good for him, I guess. So the Bears have had two first-round draft picks at quarterback, who later would um, start games for the Chargers. Good to know. Another former Bear great, Jeff Graham, played for the. Love Jeff Graham. Played for the Chargers. He caught five passes for 83 yards from Harbaugh. I love Jeff Chris Graham. Penn? He's very underrated. Is Chris Penn an old bear? He was. Also Sean Penn's brother. A yeah. moment of silence yeah, for that, great. Chris Penn. Uh, yeah, no, Chris Penn, number 86 for the Bears. He, what uh, exactly were the decent. Chargers doing uh, acquiring former Bears offensive players? You know what we should do? We should get those Bears guys. Those are pretty good. They're pretty good. And then, like, meanwhile, there's Marcus Robinson in the midst of a, you know, for the Bears' historic offensive season, right? Yeah, like, 1,300 yards that year. Crazy year, I think about it. The leading tacklers for the Bears that day, three of them had eight eight solo the tacklers. Jim Flanagan. They were Tony Parrish, Barry Minter, okay. and Rico McDonald. Oof, yeah. Rico's, Rico's the old veteran, I think. That, yeah, from, they brought was on born, born in Jamaica. 
and played Rico Man. And his brother was Devin McDonald, who played linebacker at Notre Dame. I don't, I don't remember him. Uh, he played, went to Notre Dame, graduated in 92. I remember, ah, I remember so, Devin McDown. Might have been a... F- he might have been a freshman on the 88 National Championship. Could have been. I don't know. Uh, oh, I want to talk about this. Um, so Mike Riley was the coach in 99. And their famous story that came out in the in that book. I think we, maybe we talked about this. I remember this crap. Seth Wickersham's book about the Patriots. Maybe. Bobby Bethard was the general manager for the Chargers. And After was, having built the Washington dynasty. And in the 2000 draft, they're getting down to the sixth round. And Mike Riley says, had, Bobby had promised him he would draft a quarterback somewhere in the draft. Mm. And Mike said, it was this kid that I recruited when I was at USC, but he didn't come to USC. He, went to, he decided he wanted to go play at Michigan. We should draft him. I've been keeping tabs on him and his family. He had a good career at Michigan, but he's, he's, he's a better quarterback than people think. And Bobby's like, like, okay, sure, you can have him. So in the sixth round, let's see, which pick was this going to be? I had this queued up. Um, with the 184th pick, Mike Riley had, a, had his little card with Tom Brady written on it. And Bobby said, no, it's too early. We're going to draft, uh, we need this linebacker named Shannon Taylor from Virginia. He goes, we got another pick in the sixth round. We'll draft Tom then. Their pick, in the, their second pick in the sixth round was the 205th pick. Tom Brady went 199, six picks ahead. And they drafted a quarterback, Jawan Sider from Florida A&M. That's who they got instead of Tom Brady. I wonder... It's kind of an absurd thought. If Bobby Bathard was so arrogant as to be like, well, I came from Washington where Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different mediocre quarterbacks. You don't really need that. He's like, you have Jim Harbaugh. Uh, that, that too. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what he was What do you need Tom Brady for? You're, we already have him. You want a Michigan man? We got a Michigan man. And I mean, the hard part sucks. is that you're, yeah, you're just – you're just burning a fifth round pick, so or sixth round pick, so like Yeah, why not draft a quarterback? Oh my. Out of Michigan. Yeah. This is I didn't know this. This is why we do this. The three quarterbacks on this is amazing. The three quarterbacks on the nineteen ninety nine Chargers. The ones who didn't need Tom Brady going into two thousand. Here are their three quarterbacks. Yep. Hold on to your bus. Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. His backup? Eric Kramer. Ooh, third string wow. quarterback Moses Moreno. Jackpot. Who is the offensive that's like, coordinator? It's got to be. That's like that's like holy John shit. Shoot. That's like the offensive coordinator for the 1999 Chargers was Jeep Christ, who had been that. like the had coached with the Bears for years. He was like a quality control coach. He's, I think he's Paul Christ's brother, the guy who used to coach at uh, at uh, Wisconsin. Okay. In fact, I know he is because I'm looking at it, and he was born June 25th, 1962, in Madison, Wisconsin. And my my aunt taught both taught the Christ boys at Catholic school growing up How in, about Ma- that? in Madison. 
So that guy is like, oh yeah, I got, I got all these guys. We got, look at all these players we can get. We can get Harbaugh. We can get Kramer. We can get Moses oh Marino. We can get um, Jeff Graham. We can get Chris Penn. I mean, load them to, up. To think, to think that the same franchise once had Dan Fouts throwing the ball to John Jefferson and Kellen Winslow, that within two decades they would they would have three castoffs from a franchise that has been you know the avatar for inept quarterback play for a half century. That's too much. Uh, that's what I would consider a nadir oh. for the San Diego. There's franchise. one thing that gets left out of this story. Jizz? Uh, oh, no, that's a 99 draft. So the next year, so they, this is how The bad. 99 draft was a quarterback draft, too, you know. That was the Cade McNown, Donovan McNabb, yes. Feely Smith, Dante Culpepper draft. Um, the Chargers pick. I'm going to see what they picked at the first early on. Tim Couch also. He was the first Tim one Couch taken. for number one overall. And then Brady right. went 199. A year later, after stocking up on all those bears, uh, they had the – wait a minute. Bears quarterbacks. After stocking up on all those bears quarterbacks. I can't believe Moses Moreno actually it didn't even sink in. He actually got a job after 98 as a rookie for the Bears. Oh, I'm getting, I've confused myself here. Sorry. When did they get... So that was 99. Oh. So they had... Here's who Harbaugh was. They had a rookie, they, they had a rookie quarterback in 98, who you might have heard of. Oh, Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf. That's right. Well, then he oh got God, hurt, right? right? He missed the whole 99 season. So he's coming back I'd in 2000, it. which is probably why Bobby Beathard is like, who gives a shit who we t- who's our sixth pick on, or a six-round oh, pick on, Mike? That's the missing piece. But they he already knew he was a – they already knew uh, – they already were staring down the the idea that he was a complete bust. He'd already they yelled at the sports day. writer, and he'd done all that shit. Right. That's right. Because I, I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. Because I clicked ahead to 2000, and their quarterbacks in 2000 were um, Ryan Leaf, Jim Harbaugh, and Moses Moreno. Right. right. And I'm right. like, wait a minute. Oh, when wow. did they get Leaf? Well, that's why. Leaf was in 99. Leaf was yes. out for the entire yeah. season with shoulder surgery, I think. Interesting. Yeah, because then they, they all, then shortly after is when they did the whole Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers thing. I mean, they've been pretty set at quarterback since then. I mean, honestly, the Bears—they've always been set a quarterback, but they've been—they've been pretty good for because the last. Well, in '01, yeah. they got Drew Brees. That's right. I'm sorry, I and forgot they, about the Brees. And, they, had, and they, they gave up on Brees when they got Rivers. Doug Flutie. Oh, they had Flutie and Brees, and they rode with that for how long? Did they have Drew? Just two years? Three? Uh, Rivers was oh four oh five. I think oh five was oh. You know, could have been oh five. Had to be oh four. They had Flutie and Breeze. Looks like for three years. That sounds right because oh four was the Eli draft. That was the Philip Rivers draft. Four years. Breeze played there for four years. Okay, twenty five. They decided. All right, we're gonna take. We're gonna trade him. No, they just let him go. Right. Yeah. No. Because he was gonna go. Four years. Nick Saban was gonna sign him. At the Miami, and then they famously they failed his physical because he he got hurt in his God. last game, last regular season game. He fucked up his shoulder for the for the for the Chargers. For the Chargers, and he was a free agent, right. and then Sean Payton ended up with him instead, and uh, 
Nick Saban got. Oh, boy. Dante Culpepper okay. instead. Oh, my God. But, you know, Nick Saban by that point should have been the Bear coach because Jerry Angelo tried to hire him Correct. to coach the Bears. Huh. Uh, no, I'm wrong again. But Drew was there a lot longer than I thought. Drew and Philip Rivers played one year together. Oh. Philip basically sat. He only played in two games. Drew started all 16. That's here he got hurt. So they stuck with Phil and they let Drew go. Is that 04? That was the 05 season. Oh, wow. He so was there. Drew Brees played five years in San Diego. Okay. And then 15 years with New Orleans. I guess yeah, his yeah, Saints yeah. career was so long that when you think back, you think, well, he's probably only in San Diego for like two years. He's there for five. Correct. That's a long fucking career. Jesus Christ. And he was there huh. starting, he was their number one starting quarterback for four years. He started 16, then 11, and then 15, and then 16 games. And they were terrible in 03, which is how they ended up with Phil, or Eli, and then Phil. Well, they had the first pick, right, and yeah. traded down for Eli, or for Philip. Hmm. Huh? So who was the quarterback when they uh, helped Chris a new Soldier Field in 2003? I know I was at this game because I went to like almost every game that first year of New Soldier Field. It's be Drew, I just right? don't. Uh, I guess so, right? It has to be, obviously. Unless he was hurt. It was. Uh, uh, it was both. Drew seven of fifteen and Doug. And Flutie, Flutie Mania was back oh, in town. He was eight of eleven. I saw Flutie again. I don't remember that. And the Bears quarterback would have been Cordell, I'm guessing. Nope. Mm. Your buddy, Crystal Chandelier. Got it. Yeah, because Grossman, uh, they hadn't taken Grossman out of the bubble wrap yet. He was a rookie that year. So that was week eight. The one in 03, or are we still on 99? No, 03, right? They didn't make the Bears play the first seven games on the road, did they? No, I don't mean christen it. Oh, you just met their first season. season. Yeah. Back. Yeah. They could, the Packers christened it on a Monday right. night game, and it was almost a logistical, like, a fatal disaster because um, a lot of reasons, one of which is that they um, equally proportioned the men's and women's bathrooms. And they had to quickly change that on the fly. But, no, it was later in the season. That was not the 99-yard Robert Brooks. No. That was Packers game in 95. 95. Two years later. No. Eight years before. Jesus. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, but this one is Dick Duran and Marty. Marty has taken over the Chargers. Schottenheimer. The Chargers are terrible. They're 1-7. And yet. After the Bears thumping. And yet. Yeah. The A-Train, 31 carries for 111 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Des White got seven passes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know uh, I didn't know the A-Train really like had much use at throw two. No. Great receiving core, though. Des White, Justin Gage, Bobby Wade, David Terrell. 
Do you remember when Bobby Wade kept dropping punt returns off his like? I was gonna say off his face mask, but that would have been uh, Leon Johnson. Just kept fumbling punt returns. Yep. Oh well, this I know Chris Berman was at least excited for one moment of the highlights because uh, the lone interception in the day for the Chargers <laughs> was Sammy Davis. Wow, the Candyman hey. can. You know, Boomer had a awful impression of Sammy that he could do. I don't know that, but I would have no, assumed that to be the case. Yeah, I don't know if it was Candyman or he just tried to do an impression like, hey, hey, cat. Bears held LT in check. The Danian, 16 carries, 61 yards, four catches for 21 yards. Okay. The ten nothing at the half and cruised to a twenty to seven win for their for their third win of the season. They were three and five. Way to go, Dick. Good job. Yeah, a little too late to save uh, to save Dick Jerome's job. Then they would play again in 07. He's an opener, defending NFC uh, defending NFC champions. Seven, and uh, it was a barn burner. Didn't have much offense going. Fourteen to three. Yeah, that is not the first I quarter score. Like, That's the final. You know, he's coaching the Chargers a, by now. Let's see. One, I wonder, was his brother offensive? Brother. It was. It was a match. The Turner boys. Going head to head. Norv is coaching the Chargers, and Ron is offensive coordinating the Bears. I want you to think. Uh, I think their mom had like a a polo shirt that was half Chargers. Right. You can't wear a uniform because right. you don't want to wear. So she has a polo like, that's half Bears right. and half Chargers like, sitting in the stands. Like Mama Kelsey, but the coach's yeah. version. Yikes! Yeah. Rex twelve of twenty three for one hundred forty five yards. Yeah. Philip Rivers, I, I, 12 of 31 for 190. I just remember, I feel like the Bears at one point in the game got stopped on a fourth and goal at the one or something. That's, all, that's the only thing I can think of in this game. I just remember, you know, the Bears for only the second time in our life are, you know, defending conference champions, having played in the Super Bowl seven months earlier. And so, but I kind of felt like we didn't really have a lot of high hopes. And the Chargers were pretty good. They, were, they would have been favorites in that game. But the Bears could do nothing on offense. There was one touchdown pass in the game. Do you know who threw it? Not Phil? No. Was it uh, Ed Luther? It was not Ed Luther. It was a guy who, for his career, was 8 of 12 for 143 yards and 7 touchdowns. Oh, LT. With Damian Tomlinson. Yeah, I believe he actually rivals Peyton statistically in the running backs yep. in the passing category. We've, I believe we've covered some of that before. He threw, uh, so it was Bears were up 3-0 at the half. On a Robbie Gold 27-yarder at the beginning of the second quarter. Robbie Gold. With, uh, boy, this thing was with 45 seconds to go in the third. LT, score, LT threw a 17-yard touchdown pass to Antonio Gates, so Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. And then uh, nine minutes to go in the game, LT scored on a seven-yard run, and the Bears lost 14-3. to 
Such is life. Now we zip ahead. Oh, no. Yeah, I was at this game, to 2011. Too, this is one of those. We've talked about it. it was very bittersweet. What, what could have been. Yep. Let's see. Yeah, I, I will say it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, that when the Bears and Chargers kicked off, uh, whatever date this was in 2011, sometime in November, that the uh, Jay Cutler was on an MVP trajectory, and that's not me talking out of my ass. He would definitely be in the hunt for that when this game rolled around. And it was a good matchup. He's facing Phillip Rivers, who himself had never gotten over the hump and never would, but was pretty much at his peak. It's a great matchup. Two, two uh, contending teams from each respective conference. Uh, I know that sounds funny uh, for the Bears, but they were, you know, uh, half away from reaching the Super Bowl the year before, and they were what seven and two coming into this game, six yep. and two. Right through their first nine games, the Bears were seven and two. Jay Kid was completing; he'd thrown for twenty three hundred and nineteen yards, so he was well on his way to. Uh, he's going to be the first Bear to throw for four thousand. Four thousand. He had thrown thirteen touchdowns, only seven interceptions, which for him was a mm, small number. for him. Um. He'd only he'd been sacked 52 times the year before. He'd only been sacked 23 times. So he was uh, on pace for 40. <laughs> uh, and um, let's see, how did he do in the while he played in this game? I, I remember he was 18 he of just, 31 for 286 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, very efficient. Extremely and competent. He threw an interception to who caught it? Antoine Quezon. God damn it. Who returned at 64 yards, but didn't score a touchdown. And the reason he didn't score a touchdown is Jay tackled him and broke his and, thumb and missed the rest. And of the and 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 we were we were sent on a journey as fans to hell because the other the other thing was was that they were they were seven and two and they won that game right so they're eight and two after that game. Or no, they're six and two going in. Seven and three. They were seven and two going in. So they're eight and two because they won the game. Oh, they did win the game. So okay. yeah, you're right. So they were, they were six, six and three, three coming in. in. Okay, so they're seven and three afterwards. But still, you know, uh, it was like they had a, a soft underbelly of the schedule coming in. They realistically, they only needed to win three games. I know Lovey lost his job, but he won ten games and didn't make the playoffs. But uh, they had six cracks, at three wins. And we figured, well, you know, if we could just win those three, and they were not stiff opponents for the most part, that Jay would actually be able to come back in time for the playoffs. It was not like a lacerated kidney injury. It was a thumb that just needed like six weeks to heal, which is just about – it was actually talked that if they hadn't blown those three straight uh, AFC West games subsequent to the Chargers, which would have been the Raiders, the Broncos, and the – Chiefs or Raiders, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos. If they won one or two of those and stayed in contention that Cutler would have actually come back before the end of the season, but they just completely bottomed out and it wasn't even worth it for Jay to come back. So yeah, very bittersweet recollection when I think of this game because it was kind of a, a kind of a high point of the color era. But never never really achieved those heights. I'm trying to see where when in the game he threw the interception. 
I'm wondering if maybe your memory might be a little conflated because there is the interception. I don't know. Is this just when he broke on a helmet? You said that before they got broke on an interception, but then I thought it was when he made a pass. I don't know exactly the play. I don't know if anyone knows. I think there was it was yeah, one of those things where he played yeah, the whole game. Yeah, exactly. There was like no clue even walking out of the stadium that like there was any concern. Like the Bears are fucking on oh. their way to the Super Bowl. Um, see, I always thought that he, I, I my memory is that he trying to make the tackle on an interception, and that's with ten minutes to go in the game, and after that. He, you know, the Bears were up. Um, it would stay up. Because actually the Bears, it was a touchdown-saving tackle because Phillip Rivers, two plays later, threw an interception to Major Wright. So the game was basically over. Um, and let's see, he threw, Jay threw one. He only threw two passes the rest of the game because they were running the clock out. Uh, maybe it was then. Yeah. And- and he didn't want to say it because he's like he was so pissed at himself, rightfully so. Because Jay, if anything else, his Achilles heel was throwing fatal fucking interceptions. Yes. Off well, him. and he'd also taken all that shit for um, the year before. Yeah, um, taking off the second half when he had a, a blown out whatever. But he could walk that dog. Remember that the picture of him flipping off the camera? He's walking, Kristen Kelly. I think from that point, dog. I feel I. Uh, I just it, it just occurred to me now that from that point forward, Cutler was nothing but a cock tease. He was the real deal up until that point, man. It, it should have, you know, could have worked out differently. Just didn't. Let's see. They played again in 2015. On Fox, I'm checking out. Matchup of star teams, the uh, two and five Bears against the, the two and six Chargers. Bears. John Fox against Mike McCoy, his former offensive coordinator with the Broncos. Oh, so then he brought uh, he brought the the great Adam Gase with him to Chicago. Okay, to be the Jay Whisperer. And they got this. Is this, is this the good year? Yeah, this is the good year they got out of Jay. They had a good game, twenty-seven of forty for three hundred forty-five yards with two touchdowns. Philip Rivers, twenty-six of forty-two for two eighty for the Chargers. The Bears won twenty-two to nineteen in San Diego. That's the last time they've played there. Last time they ever played there. Maybe unless they move back. Martellus Bennett right. caught. Elshon caught ten passes for one hundred fifty-one yards. Martellus, Alshon, 8 57. Alshon, the guy who was like fourth or whatever in franchise history for receiving yards, even though he only played like four years. Third, I think, right? Just behind Johnny. Third. I'm looking it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, dark days for the uh, for the Chargers. Their leading rusher was Danny Woodhead. That's never a good sign. And then the last time the teams played. I don't even want to talk about it. It's a painful one. We were uh, we were having my son's birthday party at a roller rink. And so it was fine. I was able to watch the game because the kids were old enough. 
But this is, uh, do you remember this game? Yes. I like, because it was, I, this is another team that is coming off a of playoff, you know, there's with Mitch in his second season. Um, you know, we go 13 3, whatever, makes playoffs coming the next year. And this is just a game that they just seem to just like fumble away, not literally, but there's the, the coaching, everything. I can't even remember the details. I just remember like they had the lead, and all they had to do was just like be a competent adult professional offense. And somehow Mitch gave the ball back to San Diego. I don't remember the specifics because I probably tried to block it out. And it was kind of the beginning, you know, and it just kind of kicked off. That whole season was so frustrating. And uh, it just basically sent us down another dark hallway for a few years. With um, So the Bears had a 16-10 lead going into the fourth quarter. On the first possession, um, Mitch threw an interception uh, to Casey Hayward at the char- at the Chargers 43 that was returned 37 yards. The Bears dodged a bullet because um, Chargers ended up missing a field goal. So it's like, okay, we're good. Still have a six-point lead. Right. Get the ball back Not with 10.53 to here. go. Uh, Mitch is sacked and fumbles, and it was recovered by Melvin Ingram and returned to the Bears 26. Um Chargers take the lead then on a 11-yard touchdown pass from Rivers to Austin Eckler. So they're up 17-16. Uh, see, the Bears have the ball for go on a six-minute drive. And they get all – oh, yeah, this is this is Matt Nagy to the best. So they get the ball with 8.04 to go. Um, let's see. So they run – Corderell, or Cordero, I guess, uh, on an end around. David Montgomery a couple of times. But anyway, they start to move the ball. Um, with 4.49 to go, Mitch completes a 16-yard pass to Trey Burton. So now they're at the Charger 47. Um, they get to the 40, and they have third and 10. They have third and 10 at the 40, and Mitch gets sacked. So now it's fourth and 16. With two minutes and nine seconds to go, and what do they do? This is what it was. It was on Nagy, not Mitch. Even well, though Mitch played shittily, they punted. Like, all right, which they had, which we have to do, right? It's fourth and super long, right? Yeah, fourth and sixteen. So right. now we need the defense to save them. First play, Philip Rivers sacked by Khalil Mack. Second, Soldier Field's going crazy. Uh, second play is a short completion to Keenan Allen. Bears called their first timeout. Then another short uh, or a completion to Hunter Henry for 11 yards. So now it's fourth and one. He gets tackled by Kyle Fuller, one yard short. Bears use their second timeout. Chargers have to punt it back. So it worked. Matt kicked it. Now they're going to get the ball back in good shape. One timeout. Uh, the punt is a 58-yarder, but Tariq Cohen runs it back 17 yards. All right. So now the Bears have the ball in their own 35 with a minute 33 to go. So Mitch incomplete out. to Trey Burton, but then complete to Taylor Gabriel for 22 yards. Complete to Allen Robinson for nine. They have to use their... Um, oh, now the Chargers are calling timeout because they think they might need to get the ball back to go score. Because the Bears are at the third... They're already in field goal range based on your description. 34-yard um, line. They're at the 34. Yep, they're in field goal range. So then the Bears are playing for the field goal. David Montgomery, two yards. Mitch runs around uh, left That's end. That's what it was. 
Nagy just like because the Chargers. Okay, go on. Sorry. So Mitch runs around left and gets a gets a first down at the uh, Charger twenty-one. Chargers call timeout with forty-three seconds to go. Uh, Nagy just lets the clock run down to four seconds. Calls his final timeout. Out comes Eddie Pinheiro. Misses a field. Bears lose. Right. That's what it was. Eddie had been the hero a few weeks earlier in Denver. Yep. It was probably, you know. Um, but I think it was that Nagy to just put, like, just, like, go for another first down. Get a little closer. When he's settling up for a 34-yard field, they're going to get the – it worked out to where, the, like, San Diego was not going to get the ball back. But I don't know. It's easy to criticize that in retrospect. I feel – I can't remember what I was mad at. I, I was well, just frustrated. I remember, the bear, I remember where the bears, I was. Their three fourth quarter possessions were interception, fumble, missed field goal. Yeah. And again, they lost like by they one. Just, like, they were just careless. Care, careless coaching, careless execution, careless, uh, you know, Mitch. Th- I don't even remember the specific interceptions, if they were flukes or what, but um, just disgusted, dismayed. You know, the usual feelings. It was also the third loss in a row. Um, yeah, beginning of the end for Nagy, I guess you could say. They lost the well, the Saints game had been something embarrassing happened in the Saints game too the week before. Was that in New Orleans? No, it was at home. This whole run started when they went got, to they, when they That's... went to London to play the Raiders. Yes. And the, that's another game. They, they they felt like they were careless about that. The game. Raiders ran out of wide receivers. Over. And they still yeah, and all they tight just, ends. Gruden just loaded up with tight ends, and the Bears couldn't stop him. Bears had to leave Roquan at home because of something he did that they wouldn't say that what he did. Yeah, just a, a, a franchise in disarray. Even so by the time they, they lose they this game the to the Chargers, the fans are like super pissed. Yeah, they have that in common. Twenty, they played in twenty eleven, and they played in twenty nineteen. Very rare. Both times the Bears and Chargers played, or two of the last three times or years um, in which the Bears were actually coming off a rare playoff appearance. Let's see. Now they'll be in uh, beautiful L.A. for the first time ever playing the Chargers. Ever. Uh, Let's see. So interim coaches in Chargers history, Mm. they do have some. Uh, was Bobby Ross? Did he happen to get fired before the end of the '96 season? I'm, I'm guessing not. Uh, he quit, didn't he? No, he quit the Lions. Oh, he quit Remember? the Lions. Just no, like Calvin sense. Johnson and Barry Sanders, right. he like one of the few Lions coaches who took them to the playoffs and actually quit during the winning season. Okay, so he didn't, but his uh, the guy who succeeded him did not finish out his second season. That's Marty, right? No. no, no, it's somebody between Marty and him. And, uh, this was a guy who uh, a Bears defensive coordinator may have punched on the sideline during a playoff game. Kevin Gilbride? Kevin Gilbride coached the Chargers for parts of two oh, the seasons. Chargers. I got That's right. He was replaced then for the last 10 games of the 98th season by June Jones. Ooh, June Jones. So June was an June was an interim coach. Um, I remember June. Ron Waller was an interim coach, whoever that is. Mm. I don't. I think that's it. They haven't had. 
They rival the Bears. They fire a lot of coaches, but they, they're the Bears. They make them finish. I would guess, by the way, that uh, not that you jumped there, but like I would guess that Don Coryell would be the winningest coach. But then I'm wondering if like Marty wormed his way in there long enough. It's not Don Coryell, and it's not. And it's not Marty. How about this? I'm looking it up. Now. Norv Turner. Now Norv is not their all-time winningest coach, but Norv won more games than Marty. He also coached 16 okay. more. No, their winningest coach is their first coach. Oh, yeah. Sid Gilman, 86 wins. Uh, Don Coryell was 69 and 56. Okay. He won three of the seven playoff games he coached in. They've not had a lot of uh, Wait, I'm sorry. They've only, won, they've only won seven playoff games in their history? No, Don Coryell coached in seven. Oh, that, right, right. But they, they, I don't think the Chargers have won too many. Well, well they probably have, I guess. Uh, last see. twenty years, where Gilman more, was more one rounds. and four, Coriel was three and four. So what's that? That's four and eight. Four. Bobby, four and eight. They, they didn't go again to Bobby Ross. So okay. he was three and three. So that's seven and eleven. Seven eleven. Seven eleven. Uh, then they didn't go again. Marty was zero and two. Seven and thirteen. Norv was three and three. Ooh, Norv. Seven and sixteen. And Mike McCoy was one and one. 11 and 17. And Anthony Lynn was one and one. Brandon Staley's 0 and 1. 12 and 19. 12 and 19. That's pretty 19. undistinguished. So 31 playoff games in 52 seasons. No, 62 so I seasons. Wonder, I wonder where that would ring with the Bears. I could tally the Bears pretty quick. 77, 79, that's one each. There was 2 and 84, that's 4. There's 385, 7, 8, 9. Ah, they're probably more than the Bears in those 50 years. The Bears peter out after the 90s. I don't think the Bears are barely 20, so, yeah. So, yeah, so but, if you take but, out the the five Sid Gilman playoff games, because those all happened pre-71. And the AFL, too, which is being charitable if you give that yeah. to them, because that was a circus with that, they have more playoff games than the Bears. They, they would, although no Super Bowl championship. So if you were to rank the teams even you know, along the way, you, you have to put the Bears ahead of them. Yeah, and only one Super Bowl ever. Correct, and they got humiliated yes. almost. They as got beat so the bad they shouldn't even claim the it. <laughs> Steve Young 18. is still throwing touchdown passes. Believe Steve Young set the record for most touchdown. He, had, he outdid Montana. He had five or six or just something. It was a video game. I mean, that game was that was like the, that was the peak. I mean, it was going to have to draw to an end. We talked about how dom- we talked about how much dominant the NFC was in the 1980s, and that lasted into the 90s, really. Um, just different faces and and like just increasingly ridiculous differentials in the Super Bowl. Pretty much capped off by that uh, Chargers one. Steve Young threw six touchdown passes. He did throw Super six. Bowl. Yeah, it's got to be a record. It's ridiculous. It is. It is the Super Bowl. It's the record until this year when Tyson Bajan throws seven. <laughs> and maybe it'll be in the rematch after this Sunday. Who's the all-time leading passer in Chargers history? It's, if it's not Fouts, it might be Philip Rivers, actually, right? It's Philip Rivers. And okay, he's got a few many? more than uh, than who's the Bears? It's uh, well, it's Jay, which is I think it's twenty-three thousand. I always have to look it up. Yeah. So Phil, a, f- a few more. 
uh, fill through for 59,271 years. Wow. <laughs> and I'm sure Fouts also would be the Bears' all-time leading passer. Uh, yeah. Left, left-handed, left he would have been the Bears' all-time leading. Cutler, uh, yeah, Cutler, 23,443. I'm guessing Fouts Fills and nearly three times double that. that much. And 397 touchdown passes. Jay threw 398 touchdown passes? Probably not. But we got him here. They're all-time leading rusher. Right. Uh, but it's, well, it's got to be LT, right? Yeah, it's a pretty good number. 12,490. 12, yeah. 138 uh, touchdowns. He's an all, he's a, That's a lot of touchdowns. He's an, yeah, he's an all-time great, no doubt. Your all-time the, leading the receiver is head. not a wide receiver. Is it, Cal- it can't be Cal- It's also Antonio not a flanker. Gates. It's Antonio Gates. 11,849 so, yards. Which is supposed to be. He's in the Hall of Fame by now, right? He's got to be. But they have two Hall of Fame tight ends now because Winslow's got definitely got to be Hall of Famer. Yep. He's in the Hall of Fame. Antonio Gates, who didn't play college football. Right, but he did play D1 college basketball. Yeah. Kent State. Was it D1? Kent State. Was it D1? Oh, God. Kent State? He was a Mac? Yeah. Mac. I think you told that. Best player in Mac history. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Ron Harper or maybe Kenny Battle. Who no, I was word? talking about the best football player in Mid American Conference history oh. didn't play football in the Mid American Conference. That's almost like the most Mac thing ever. I mean, because we don't want to claim Roethlisberger, right? Fuck that guy. We do not. Yeah. Uh, how about Charlie Fry? I'm just kidding. Rocky Lombardi, maybe. Hey, there's still time. Jordan Lynch, did he ever play for the Bears? Did he ever play running back for the Bears in a real game? He did, in in preseason games. I like how that counts. Uh, What else we got? Uh, Yeah, winningest coach, Sid Gilman. Uh, All-time leading scorer? It's not Rolf Benershka. Uh, It's not Rolf? Uh, Somebody more recent then, obviously. Some place kicker of more recent vintage. Can't think of one. What's Notre Dame? Oh, John Carney. John Carney. Yeah, not that recent, actually. Cause, yeah, that's one of my childhood memories is Carney, like, blowing kicks for Notre Dame uh, until he finally uh, he finally kicked one that beat Southern Cal, I think, uh, 1983 or so. All right. So, Jay, you said, leads with tw- – so, the Jay would be the Just fourth – if he was – if he'd played all those games for the Chargers, he'd be their fourth all-time leading passer. So, that's a great question because, obviously, Rivers and Fouts are obvious. Yeah, Fouts so like, 43,000. Don't tell me it's Breeze in his five years. No, but – No, because uh, no, that would be a lot of Drew's yards. Drew threw for 12,000 yards in those five years. He's – Okay, six. that would have – okay. Wow. Uh, we talked about him. From the AFL? It's not from about, the AFL? Yeah, we talked about the very first game. We talked about him. Good old number 21. Oh. oh. John Hadle. What the hell is his name? Oh, John Hadle. 26,938 oh, so yards. I didn't know he was such a long I, – I only know him as a Notre Dame – was he a Heisman winner? No, maybe not a Heisman winner. Maybe, but just a no, – I did not know him as a – no. Who yeah, I he didn't go to Notre Dame. Thinking, <clears throat> who am I thinking? Who are we thinking of? Are you thinking Why of are we both uh, thinking Johnny Latner or Johnny Lujak or – no, I know Johnny Latner. I, I held his Heisman. John Hadle went to Kansas. Story. Okay. And it looks like he Some played, dude who, played for the Packers and the Oilers, too. One year with the Rams, but okay. mostly with the Chargers. So, so apparently that's how we know John Hadle is. While you're looking that up, I'm going to read off the top 10 Charger quarterbacks, passes, top 10 passing leaders. Phillip Rivers, yep. Dan Fouts, John Hadle, Stan Humphreys, 
Justin Herbert, Drew Brees, Jack Kemp, Doug Flutie, John Freeze, and Jim Harbaugh. Number 10. 4,177 yards gets you 10th. You know why it gets you 10th on the Chargers all-time leading list? Because for their most of their franchise, they've had three dudes throwing for 100,000 yards. <laughs> the reason the Bears have so many guys on it is they've, they use right. eight guys a season. The Chargers for right. like, what is right. this, 15, 14, Incredible. and 10 years. So what is that, 29, 39 of their 62 it's, years, it was it well three guys, Fouts, Rivers, their, and Hale. their history. Right. We're Sid, even like, yeah, Sid Luckman represents like 4% of the Bears history. Uh, by the way, I did look it up. John Hewart was the Notre Dame Heisman oh, yeah. winner, 1964. Yeah, H-U-A-R-T. My bad. You know, I grew up, uh, we grew up in a Notre Dame household, so I, I'm ashamed that I did not, I, I conflated the two, but. Let's see where Johnny Morris would be on the Chargers all-time uh, receiving list. Johnny Morris and his, his barely over 5,000 yards receiving. He would be uh, 10th all-time in Chargers okay. history. Behind Who's Antonio that? Gates. Yep. Keenan Allen, who's still active. Wow. Bambi, Lance Allworth, Charlie Joyner, wow. Gary Garrison, Kellen Winslow, Wes Chandler, Anthony Miller. Not that Anthony Miller. Not, not good, old number, good old number 83, not good old number 17 for the Bears. Malcolm Floyd, of recent vintage, and uh, Mike Williams, who probably, if we, certainly, had he not blown out his knee in week two, uh, yeah. would have relegated cl- Johnny to the 11th charts. on this list. Yeah. LT um, who came within uh, 1,000 yards of Johnny. Um, what a franchise we root for. Which one are we talking about? The Bears. Chargers or Bears? I guess I'd, I'd rather have the Bears history than the Chargers. Chargers have cool uniforms. Give them that. Yeah, the, the, the lightning bolts. Yeah, they, they were uh, a team I always uh, sort of admired growing up. So they're pretty damn good. Jim Harbaugh is on the is he's the third leading passer in Bear history, and the tenth and for the, the, tenth for the, in for the history. storied. We might as well look and see where he ranks for the Colts. Well, uh, he wasn't there that long. We'll, need these, we'll need these facts for the press conference when he's installed as the uh, Bears head coach here uh, at the end of the season. Uh, oh, what the hell's the abbreviation for Indianapolis? It's not IND. IND. Uh, B-A-L. Why didn't that work? Oh, C-L-T. Mm, kinky. Hey. Hello. Career leaders passing. Where's Jim Harbaugh? Dun, 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 dun. Number seven. Well, they've got it. They've got it. The Colts have another one that, like, you know, uh, Cutler would be, like, fifth because they had Unitas and Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, 16 years, and Peyton, 13. And then probably Andrew Luck would be the Bears' all-time leading passer, probably. Maybe not. No, uh, that's close. pushing it. What was that's Jay? not true. Luck is 23-671. Jay for the Bears was 23-443. Yeah, so Jay would be fourth. He'd be ahead of Burt Jones and Jack Trudeau and Jeff George. Well, there you go. Former um, star. I also wanted to – I forgot his name for a minute, but like in that top ten uh, Chargers one where LT was 11th, John Jefferson – 
probably was like fourth at one point with his. He only he was only there for like three or four seasons, but he was so ridiculous that he. Guys, Jefferson probably had more receiving yards in three years with the Chargers than Johnny Morris did for the Bears. Just like uh, Justin Justin Jefferson has done the same in less than three years with the Vikings, I believe. Right? Yeah, John Jefferson. That correct? Three seasons, forty-five games. Was it- 3,431. Only 3,000, but that's ridiculous for a ro- like right out of the gate as a rookie. And then, of course, he's, the he, best thing is how that. How about this, though? 37 games. No, wait. How many is 45 games? 36 touchdowns. Yeah, he's just on uh, a nose to the end zone, I guess, is more, more of the point. Yeah, kids, if you're ever bored, YouTube some of those Chargers teams from the early 80s. They were, uh, they, they definitely stood out. Um, John Jefferson is third in Charger in history in yards per game. Um, really, he's second because Lance Allworth was first at 87 yards. Number two on the list is Al Williams, who played three games. <laughs> so I don't think he qualified. So John Jefferson, second in Charger history in yards per game. So had he stuck around, yeah. not been but he wanted sent to, get, he to wanted the – Yes, he wanted to get paid, Green Bay. and then they shipped him off to Green Bay, and then he just tanked, which kind of endears me to him. Uh, he actually showed up in one of their rear playoff games, but yeah, he was his career just disappeared once he went to Green Bay. That was back when uh, Green Bay was a black void that we remember so well from our youth, Andy. Yeah, I hope it's on its way back to that. That would be. Yeah, one can hope. All right, well, that's the Chargers. I'm all out of Chargers thoughts myself, so. But big game for the Bears. Got to win to keep the series lead. All important. Right. Don't want them, try, don't want them tying that up. There's a lot at stake. All right, well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Andy. Many of us have herpes. 